Welcome to the Wake and Take Podcast. On today's show, we talk NFL Week 2 and break down the horrendous performance from the Minnesota Vikings, a 28-11 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Then, we talk Minnesota Twins and get you ready for playoff baseball in just over a week after the Twins clinched over the weekend. Hit it, Zachary. In New Orleans, they call the rising sun, and it's been a ruin of many a poor boy. And God, I know I've won. And welcome to the show, BG and Andy calling in over the phone this week. Let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. Horrendous performance, BG. 28-11 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Nothing looked good for the Vikings. Really no bright spots. I mean, Kirk was horrendous. I think his quarterback rating was 15, uh, third lowest ever since they started keeping that statistic in 1970. Uh, Just terrible offensively, terrible defensively. Uh, and they're going to need to fix a lot, and they got to do it quickly because you got Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans rolling into town um, on Sunday. And if this defense doesn't get better at run support and stopping the run, and now you got Anthony Barr out for the season, it's going to be a long year. And maybe Tank for Trevor, you saw it all over Twitter the last two days, uh, is looking more realistic. I'm not quite at that point, but uh, it's getting there. And especially with who we have the next coming coming games, we got the Titans next week, then the Texans, uh, then the Seahawks, and then the Packers again after that. So if we don't get it turned around, the Vikings could literally start 0-7 this season, 0-6, which is horrendous. And I I think Mike Mike Zimmer said it the best um, in the press conference after the game. He said, we're not playing good anywhere on the field right now. Mm -hmm. I'm good with the actual quote. He says we're playing bad all around, and he couldn't be more right. Kirk Cousins obviously had a horrible game with three interceptions, but he had little to no help around him with receivers dropping balls, couldn't get the run game going. And then our defense just can't do anything with the injuries we have. Like he said, bars out for the season, which is obviously too bad, but can't get a first going or run stop going and can't defend the ball in the air, which is going to kill us these next couple of games when we play these quarterbacks. So I knew the Vikings were bad after that Packers loss, but I did it did not know the Vikings were this kind of bad where we're going to be, <laughs> there's a lottery in the NBA. We're going to be in the lottery in the NFL draft, uh, which could be good for us, but it's a long season ahead of us. It looks like. Yeah. And certainly didn't get any easier today. Mike Zimmer, given the news or yesterday, rather um, that Anthony Barr is going to be done for the year with the torn pack. I mean, played 16 snaps in that game. Second quarter goes out. And now you're just down another guy, and you still have another week until Daniil Hunter comes back. Uh, and now you're down one of your best linebackers, one of your best you know, centerpieces on that defense. The first player that Mike Zimmer ever drafted, he said that today. I mean, this has been the cornerstone of this defense for the last six years, uh, and that's a big piece to fill. Uh, Barr's been losing a step the last few years, at least to me it seems like, and he struggled in pass coverage, so maybe we get somebody else in there uh, who can make some plays, but... From a run support standpoint, I mean, that's a huge loss for the Vikings. 
Um, and especially now with Derrick Henry coming into town, I mean, this dude is a beast. We've seen what he can do. Um, and it takes him a couple weeks to get going every year. So, you know, coming down now week three, he's got to be just licking his chops going against this depleted Vikings defense that just really can't stop anything up the middle right now. Um, and it's got a, no young corners on the outside that you can take advantage of. Um, I mean, Henry's going to have a feast against this Vikings team if those young corners don't have a terrific day and aren't there in run support. And they were better this week. I will say that they were better in run support, and I thought um, the coverage just kind of helped that letting the safety sit back and give those corners more protection and more help over the top um, helped for sure. But there's a lot to fix and a long way to go um, if this is going to be a playoff team. Yeah, uh, you said a bar is a guy who plugs up the middle and he just takes up space and he can help stop the run uh, with the Vikings team who's having a lot of trouble right now doing that and really anything on defense. So, yeah, Derrick Henry, it's going to be scary. and I guess kind of a little funny to see what the prop that is over under rushing yards against our Vikings defense because or the way that we played against the Packers and Aaron Jones and now the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, they can do whatever they want to uh, with our defensive line and just run for four yards at least on each first down, it seems like, where they have second and second and three even. And then the whole playbook is open after that. So <laughs> we, we come up with probably the toughest match for the year in regards to running back, um, and even harder now with Barr out for the season, unfortunately. And Barr is just a veteran leader on our defense where we're lacking that. Um, have a really young defense. Uh, with the defensive line, the defensive linebackers who is not named Barr, Kendrick, and then our defensive backs, um, of course. And we, we lose one of our vocal leaders and a guy who's been there uh, through the tough times with the Vikings and to the NFC Championships with the Vikings. So it's unfortunate that as we continue with the season, already two games in, things just get, keep getting worse and worse with injuries and the schedule, um, playing really tough teams in the beginning. It's, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long season for, for Vikings fans. Yeah, and, and not to pile on top of you too much, Steel uh, and BG, but you know the other person licking their chops coming into this weekend is Jaden Clowney. Um, you know your your offense line looked rough. Forrest Buckner had a great game uh, for the Colts. Um, so just add that offensive line. You know, been on the list for a couple of years now, and I mean I don't follow the team as closely closely as you guys, but from what I've heard, at least you guys have been trying to fill in with draft picks or whatnot, but it just hasn't fit you just have no protection for uh for cousins back there yeah i mean it's a good point and that that was some of the talk today at least on kfan and some of the local talk radio was is it time for ezra cleveland we haven't seen him yet through two games it's been horrendous on the offensive line can it really get much worse uh the answer to that question is yeah it probably can it probably can get worse and cleveland probably is going to be even worse if you put him in right now uh, but some people are starting to ask, when are they going to put him in? When are they put Drew Samia in? Um, and I don't know if the answer is right now because, I mean, Cleveland struggled to even get on the second team uh, in training camp. So who knows if he's ready? Some people are starting to ask about it. When are you going to see these guys um, come in? But uh, who knows? I mean, you just got to hope that you get Daniil Hunter back and you got to get some guys playing better. And, you know, watching Zim's press conference today, um, I will say he, he didn't look like a coach that was 0-2. It didn't look like a Mike Zimmer 0-2 press conference, especially when you've been embarrassed two weeks in a row um, and even worse um, this past week. 
So, I mean, he seems to be confident that they can turn this thing around. I remember around this time last year, we were talking about buying out Kirk Cousins' contract and trying to get that uh, whole movement started. <laughs> and what happened? We ended up making the playoffs and yeah. knocking off Drew Brees and the Saints at their place uh, when they were maybe a favorite to win the Super Bowl, at least one of them. Uh, so, a long season. You got 14 games to go. I'm not counting the Vikings out yet, but they got a lot to work on and they got to improve quick. Because, uh, like you mentioned, BG, it could easily get to 0 and 7 or 0 and 6, and at that point, the season's all but lost. Yeah, and the worst thing we could do is start out 0 and 6 and 0 and 7, and then from that point, start clicking and win some games and just miss the playoffs, and then screw ourselves with the draft uh, position that we'd be in this off season. So, I hope things change quickly, and I guess if they don't, I really hope they don't change. <laughs> so we can take advantage of a really good draft pick. But, yeah, we always talk way ahead when we talk about this stuff, and only two games have been played um, against two really good teams. The offensive line that the Colts had was probably one of the toughest offensive lines to go up against. And with our defensive line, it just makes it so hard for the defense to get off the field and, as a result, our offense to get going. Um, It seems a little bit better than the Packers game with time of possession, but... Still, the Vikings' offense did not stay on the field, especially during meaningful minutes, um, except when they came back or just scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. We could not stay on the field, and that's so tough to do when we have an offensive line who can't protect the quarterback in passing situations, and we haven't seen them be able to run block for Delvin Cook yet like we saw them do last season. So that is just a recipe for disaster when a young defense who just gets cut up like Swiss cheese against opposing quarterbacks and cannot stop the run. So I don't know I don't know how something's going to change. It's got to change. Maybe Ezra Cleveland, like you said, provides the magic off the bench, which I doubt, but crazier things have happened, I guess. But yep. we don't have a unlimited depth. Yeah. Sure. I mean, one thing I forgot to mention that I had noted down here is uh, Ryan Conley um, get into the game a little bit uh, as I think the fourth linebacker behind uh, Troy Dye. Uh, who was filling in for um, Barr after he went down in the second quarter. So kind of cool to see Connolly out there, an Ian Prairie guy, just got signed by the squad and got his first minutes. Um, and we'll you know, expect to see him quite a bit the rest of the season with Barr now out for the year. Um, he'll be our fourth linebacker, yeah. I think, rotating in. So expect to see Ryan Connolly. Hope, hope for some big things out of him. Uh, you guys ready to yeah, move? Yeah, I guess just being optimistic. I was just going to say, um, I guess just being optimistic about the remainder of the season, we have a lot of young guys and unproven guys on the defense, sure. So while we might not have the best record this season, it's going to be valuable minutes and games played and experience gathered um, as a young core, a defensive unit. So to see these guys struggle, which is officially going to struggle uh, up against NFL talent that the Vikings are going against, uh, particularly in the early part of the season, It'll be good learning experience for them, and they'll have to learn the hard way, it seems. But to have the young D-backs go to great receivers and people filling in for bar and other injuries and, you know, Hunter being out, hopefully they take that, and then it'll, it'll help our defense uh, with the years to come. Andy, do you want to hit uh, a little bit of Packers talk right now? Um, I've just been looking at our numbers recently. Our Wisconsin numbers have been pretty good, so – uh, I think we got to keep hitting a little bit of Packer <laughs> angle. So yeah, go ahead. You have the floor for a few minutes. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, I mean, another good week for the Packers. And somehow I was actually thinking this week 
um, you know, watching watching the Packers game, looking back to the Vikings game, not kind of beat a dead horse, but um, the creativity with with Matt Lafleur's play calling on offense last week. Um, he, he coached that game almost as if he was still pissed about that uh, NFC Championship loss to the uh, Niners last last year. Um, so it's uh, and we saw a little bit of that creativity this week, um, but the Aaron Jones show just continues. Um, 234 yards on offense. I mean, he's basically our, our second best receiver. He made that great uh, athletic catch. Unbelievable on the sideline. Yeah, that was a big um, time for a catch. Second, I was like, we were like, my, my dad and I were like, wait a minute, Aaron Jones is the one who caught that? I mean, it's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we are, our offense is, is firing on all cylinders. A couple holes we still need to figure out on the defense with the run game. But uh, Kenny Clark, Missed the game, and you know he's such a huge presence for us. Uh, just right in the middle of that defensive line, being able to blow up an offensive line. Um, still, no word. They've been pretty quiet about um, his status moving forward. So I think as long as Kenny Clark can come back and be 100, percent the Packers are looking really good. And with you know looking at the Niners' our rival last year, you know with all their injuries on defense, you know and, and offense too. Um, you know they're looking like to compete uh, in the NFC this this year unless, unless they get healthy. Um, but besides that, we got the, the Saints coming up on either Sunday or Monday Night Football. I, I forget which one. Uh, a little bit of irony, Michael Thomas uh, is flying to Green Bay this week um, to get looked at by the Packers team doctor <laughs> at, uh, at Bella what? Hospital. Really? So uh, he's, uh, he's, he's the Packers team doctor, but he's not on the team payroll. He's just like the physician in Green Bay who uh, the Packers go to for medical advice um, and Michael Thomas is going to get a second opinion and uh, from Dr. Anderson this week and he's actually the one who will uh, decide whether or not Michael Thomas can play against the Packers so wow. uh, we'll see if uh, I don't know if he's from Green Bay if he's a lifelong Packer fan but um, the hope in least for among Packer fans is that he uh, tells the Saints that nope Thomas can't play this week um, <laughs> but it'll be uh, it'll be a good test and um, you know, we uh, haven't played two of the best teams, no offense, so far, but this will be a good test for us. Just, you know, these 500 yards of offense games are uh, are here to stay, or um, if it's been any sort of fluke. Yeah, that'll be a Sunday night game um, for you guys next week at the Superdome. Do they have fans uh, in New Orleans, or are they having no fans? Nope. No fans there? Okay. Nope. No fans. I think so. right now it's just the Chiefs. Cowboys, the Dolphins, maybe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, that'll be a good test for you guys. And a good year to draw um, the Saints on the road with no fans being in there. Obviously, the Superdome, <laughs> very tough place to play. They don't lose a lot of games there. Um, but no fans makes it a lot easier. Um, anything else for the Packers? Uh, go Pack Go. Uh, I think we're going, uh, I was looking at the schedule yesterday. Um, I think if we can go, uh, 14 and 14 and two, uh, 14 and two, 13 and three, that would, uh, that would be, uh, pretty good. So yeah. That's what I'm looking for at least. Yeah. Hoping everyone after, after this past week in the NFL, just hoping everyone stays, you know, stays healthy. That's when the Packers Achilles heel, um, both figuratively and quite literally the past five years. And that's kind of the name of the game in the NFL is just being able to stay healthy. Uh, for a full 16 games in a playoff. Um, so I think 
this year more than any. Uh, whatever team is able to stay healthy throughout the year is going to be the one that ends up on top. Yep. And that was the other big storyline this week out at the NFL was all the injuries. And especially for the 49ers and a team that you look at if you're the Packers and hopefully the Vikings as we get towards the end of the season that you're trying to get, you know, maybe play against them for uh, one of the buys, you know, trying to beat them out. And now uh, with all the injuries that the 49ers have, it's going to be looking a lot better for the Packers um, and the Vikings as well. Both these teams have them on the schedule later in this season, but 49ers have um, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas are both likely have torn ACLs or, and are going to be done for the year. Jimmy G's got a high ankle sprain, hasn't been ruled out yet for week three. Um, Shanahan expects him to play, but who knows about him? George Kittle might play. Um, sounds like they're leaning towards uh, him being in next week, but again, a question mark on him. Raheem Mostert has an AC or MCL slash knee sprain, um, and he's ruled out for Sunday's game. Uh, D Ford is on the injury list. Tevin Coleman, um, Devontae Freeman, Jarek McKinnon. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, really, just decimated by injuries for the 49ers. I mean, every like there's 15 guys on in this injury report list here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it just shows how bad. Just shows how bad the Jets are that they still are able to steamroll them without, <laughs> right. without I mean, any of those guys. Yeah, it begs the question if the preseason really was needed for these guys to get their bodies into shape and everything. Um, but who knows? Zim was asked that yeah, question today. and something's going on with that graph. Yeah, that could be too. Zim said he didn't really think so because usually you see more hamstring issues uh, when guys are out of shape, and there hasn't been a, lo- a lot of that, so... Uh, who knows about that? Maybe it's just, you know, the NFL is a rigorous sport. and some weeks they get a lot of injuries. It could have been just that, or it could have been um, because of the lack of preseason. So we'll keep an eye on it. The Vikings have had a lot of injuries as well. Um, but I'd be curious to see what the league statistics are, if injuries are up or down. I would imagine they're up, uh, but I haven't read anything about that yet. Yeah. I feel like Speaking of fast graphs, Al Davis uh, says that the uh, – the, uh, the new Raiders turf is the fastest in the NFL. So, yeah, they're playing right they're now. We'll have to, uh, all, all yeah, <laughs> we'll have to tune in right after this here. Um, check out that new stadium. I haven't seen it yet. But well, let's get to a little bit of Minnesota Twins here uh, before we wrap this thing up. We'll go Twins and then talk a little Big Ten. Um, BG, you can give our recap a pick segment, um, and then we're going to record pick segment for next week. Um, later on this week so that'll be a separate episode but uh, let's start with twins they clinched um, a playoff spot over the weekend 33 and 22 right now sitting two games back um, of first place in the division behind the White Sox Uh, White Sox have 34 wins and 19 losses one more win three less losses than we do Uh, so with five games to go twins pretty much need to win all five uh, if they if they want to have a chance of getting over the White Sox and getting that first place spot, um, it's not looking like that's going to happen. Uh, guessing we're going to get either the fourth or the fifth spot. Hopefully, it's the fourth spot. Um, in which case, you'd get the Yankees at home at Target Field, three game series uh, in that wild card round um, of the AL. And if you look at what the Twins have been doing home and away, I think we're like twelve and fourteen or something like that on the road and. 21 and five at home. Uh, so if if you're asking, does it make a big difference home or away? 
it clearly does for the Twins. They've played way better at home, and if you're going against the Yankees, who you've lost 13 postseason games to in a row, um, including being swept last year, you'd much rather face those guys at home. We've played way better um, this year. So a big final stretch here for the Twins, um, even though they're already clinched, five important games um, before the playoffs start next week. And I think something interesting to watch um, when we do make the playoffs, and just because of the history, I, I, would, I would love if we don't play the Yankees because we know how the Twins and the Yankees fare in the playoffs. But it'll be interesting to watch now um, when, when we do hit the postseason that the Twins are a really good pitching team, especially as of late. And we have different starters and different closers from the bullpen that based on how they've been playing the season, should play really well into the postseason and against that first series with whoever we play. And especially last year, it was flipped, where we were just hitting the ball out of the park and our pitching was not the not the greatest. To roll on the different starts going into this postseason. And I think it uh, gets you to the World Series and wins postseason games because it just becomes so much more important uh, during playoffs. So we'll see if that that changes the script against the Yankees or just the Twins in the postseason um, in recent years. Yeah, and Kenta Maeda will be our first round, our opening um, day pitcher for the playoffs. He'll be on five days rest. And when he's been on five days rest this year, he's 5-1. and one. Uh, He's got like a 2.4 ERA, something like that. So, you, I mean, you love that in terms of a three-game series you get your best pitcher out there on five days rest when he's pitching his best uh, and you've got a great opportunity to win that game Um, and then I'm guessing it'll be uh, Pineda pitching the second game Um, but that is kind of up in the air too but you know you really have a a pretty good one two three pitchers right now um, with Maeda Pineda and um, God, why am I forgetting the other guy's name right now Um, Oda Rizzi is probably gonna be our fifth guy uh, Rich Hill's the fourth guy, um, and the third guy, Burrios. Burrios. Yeah, thank you. Burrios probably pitching third, might be pitching second. Um, we'll see. He's been better in these last couple outings, uh, but we'll see who they throw out there on the second night. Uh, I imagine if they would win, uh, they would go with Pineda just to try to put it away. I think he's been the more consistent pitcher of the two, especially recently, just coming back and playing well his last couple weeks. Um, with this team, yep. Big Mike's been pitching really well, so I would expect to see him uh, game two, especially if they get the win game one with Maeda on the mound. Um, but if you do draw the, the Yankees, which it's looking like that's the most likely scenario, then you just can't get swept. You can't lose, I mean, two <laughs> games to the Yankees, make it 15 in a row in the playoffs, and then like six or seven series they beat us in a row, something like that. Uh, and you would just love to get them in the first round and beat them in two games. How awesome would that be? Knock the Yankees out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but that's easier said than done. I mean, they're playing their best baseball right now. They're they're nine and one over the last ten games. Um, they're twenty one and seven at home. And so this is a good ball team. I mean, they started the year terrible, uh, but they they played a lot better recently. They're very good at home. Um, they struggle a little bit on the road, ten and fifteen. So. You'd love to get them coming to Target Field on a three-game series. I think the Twins would have a great chance to win that uh, with Maeda pitching the first night and Pineda going night number two, and hopefully you don't even need a third night. Um, but, yeah, super excited for, for Twins playoffs. I mean, not a lot to look forward to with the Vikings, at least not yet. So this is kind of the one thing getting us through here in Minnesota right now uh, with Twins baseball and playoff baseball just a week away. 
Um, anything else, BG, on Minnesota Twins? I'll just say that I think the remaining five games we have or whatever it is are going to be super important when you're pointing out the home-and-away records that both the Twins and the Yankees have. If we're playing at home, it's a huge advantage for either team. And I think uh, the Yankees or whoever it may be coming into target field and winning a, a three-game series against Maeda, uh, Barrios, Odorizzi, Pineda, whoever it is on the mound is going to be a tough task for that team. So hopefully we finish up the season strong and help ourselves out a little bit uh, when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the most competent or confident I've been in our pitching staff going into the playoffs in a long time. I mean, I don't remember a time when we've had a, re- a really good one, two, three, a solid one, two, and three going into the playoffs where any night you feel like when those guys are on the mound, you got a pretty good chance to win. Uh, so looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. I mean, shortened season, kind of a crazy season, but uh, maybe it'd be a good chance to just go steal it all and, and win it all. Yeah. Let's move into a little bit of Big Ten. News broke last week after we had released our podcast, um, but the Big Ten is back. Uh, we've hinted at it, and you've seen the rumors on Twitter the last couple of weeks. Sir Yacht, absolutely correct. Um, the Big Ten is back. I haven't. Did they officially say it's October twenty fourth? Is that the weekend they're opening, Andy? Uh, I don't know the weekend they're opening, but they released a schedule, so that should be uh, that should be pretty easy to. I'll look oh, yeah, it up here as we talk. Is on the 24th. Okay, so it is the 24th, yeah. We'll be opening weekend, and really the other big story out of the U from this week is Rashad Bateman um, opting back in and wants to come back. He's been practicing with the team and received a waiver from the NCAA to practice with the Gophers. So he's been doing that the last few weeks, but now he's looking um, to get that final clearance so he can play games for this football team. And, I mean, if you're the NCAA there's really no reason not to let this kid come back and play from a business perspective. He's going to be probably the best receiver in college football this year. He's going to be a first round draft pick. He's going to have a a ton of people just watching him play from scouts to fans. And, And during a time like this, when it's everything has changed in the last from August 4th, I think when he opted out until now, I mean, everything has changed. You know, both parties have flipped sides on, whether they think the coronavirus is real or not, a couple different times since then. I mean, we've had huge, huge amounts of stuff come out um, since that time. So it'd be really stupid for him or for the NCAA to not allow Rashad Bateman to play. I fully expect them um, to grant his waiver and let him play. And that's a huge, huge get for the Gophers. I mean, obviously one of the best receivers in college football last year, going to be even better this year now with another year under his belt. Um, and with another year with Chris Autumn Bell at his side, I mean, those two are going to be so dangerous this year. Um, just cannot wait to see them play in a couple of weeks now. Yeah, I think it would be a really bad stance for the NCAA to take and deny his waiver um, that he's currently trying to get from them. It would just be so stupid for so many reasons with the flip-flopping they've been doing. And there's a lot bigger problems than uh, granting a waiver for Rashad Bateman, but I fully expected, expect him to get it, especially because he signed an agent, but he's still being a full-time student at the U of M, living on the campus. Um, so that whole student-athlete thing, he's been doing that still. Um, and the way the NCAA uh, for college hoops changed the rules a couple of years back where 
college basketball players who were going to go to the NBA draft could sign an agent, and if it didn't work out for them, they could come back to the NCAA with no um, suspension or whatever. Yeah, no penalty. They had automatic eligibility. So, yeah. So to not do that for the football now, um, it, it just wouldn't make sense. So hopefully we have Bateman. We're not going to jinx it, but I'm excited for the go for season to start. And Bateman coming back with Tanner Morgan. We're definitely going to be towards the top of the Big Ten, and we'll see how the condensed season goes for the Gophers. So hopefully we can make some of our Vikings away with Gophers' success. Yeah, and I'm not sure, maybe Andy, you saw some of this, but where the Gophers' schedule and maybe where Iowa's schedule ranked in terms of strength of schedule in the Big Ten. Um, but just looking at the schedule now in front of me, it looks pretty easy. I mean, we there's no Ohio State's, uh, there's no Penn State's. I mean, the crossover games really aren't bad at all. You got Maryland. Um, let's see. Purdue would be the other one. Illinois. <clears throat> uh, or is Illinois in the West? I'm not even sure. Um, but I mean, Illinois is in the West. Okay. Yeah. So, but really not, you, you got nobody on here that I don't see us beating. I mean, the two hardest games are going to be Iowa and Wisconsin. Uh, I think we can win both of those games. It'll just depend on the weather. Really. Uh, if you get clear weather in those two games in the middle of November, I think this passing offense with Morgan and Bateman and Autumn Bell uh, has a great chance to just rip defenses apart, especially in a shortened season when they haven't been practicing, they haven't had training camp, these teams haven't been together. Uh, you would hope that would favor the offense in terms of some of the just the scheming things because the defense is reacting. Uh, and so maybe the offense has a leg up, maybe they don't, but you know, you, you'd hope that even though it's going to be a shortened season that the weather can hold off long enough and that we can get some good weather games where it's not raining and sleeting and snowing like it was when we played Wisconsin last year uh, where we struggled to throw the ball downfield. Uh, so that's my really only concern going into the season is how big of a factor is the weather going to play on this potent passing offense. Uh, and if the, the answer to that is not a big factor, then sky's the limit for this team. It could be a Big Ten, uh, cha- it could be a Big Ten West championship team heading to Indianapolis. Um, if that's where they're playing it, I assume they're playing it there uh, this year. But, yeah, really excited for Big Ten to be back, and, and it's going to be fun against Michigan. Andy, anything? Yeah, the, yeah go ahead. A little Iowa preview for us. <laughs> I was just saying the West. I mean, it's, it's Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota that are, you know, that are your three teams there. Um, that, I mean, it's just going to come down to their heads and heads, head-to-head uh, between the three of them. Um, from what I've heard from my sources at Iowa is that Iowa's uh, uh, really high on Spencer Petrov, our, our new uh, starting quarterback. Um, apparently, he's, he's looked good for about a year. We might be running some wildcat with them, open up the playbook a little bit more. Um, he's a mobile guy. So that's an interesting as an Iowa fan. You know, traditional Kirk Ferentz offenses, offenses um, not really spreading the ball out that much ever um, besides the past couple of years. Um, but um, possibly going to see a lot of that. And I think you're definitely right, Beal, on how the weather is going to play a factor in the last three, four games maybe this season uh, in a way that it hasn't, hasn't ever before. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. And did you, did you see, is the Big Ten championship game at uh, Indianapolis? And is it, you know, oh, I, actually, now that I um, think about this, I think they're doing a crossover. I think every team in the Big Ten oh, – did you hear that That's too? Right. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about one that. Versus, it, one verse one. It's going to be yeah. It's one verse one, two verse two, three verse three, four. Like it's yeah. um I think that's going to be pretty interesting for 
let's say you don't, um, you know, you don't win the, you know, Iowa or Minnesota, let's say don't win the Big Ten West. So then you might have, you know, a Penn State or an Ohio State um, as your, um, you know, three bowl game, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I think they're calling it championship week or something like that. Yeah, championship. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good football that week. Um, and yeah. in, in some cases, it's going to be rematches. Which is going to be something we've never seen before, but uh, besides the Ken Championship game um, in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting year. Very excited for football to get back underway. Um, I don't really have anything else on the Gophers other than I'm pumped, pumped for Big Ten to be back. And I think you know, great decision. I, you know, you hope these guys can stay healthy. It seems like through two or I guess it would be through three weeks of college football, um, no major outbreaks. At least what I, I haven't seen anything. Um, so, so far so good. I hope, hopefully it keeps up and, you know, hopefully you see the Gophers on top of the big 10 West getting a chance at Ohio state, uh, in the big 10 championship game in, uh, end of December. Uh, BG, anything else gopher wise, twins wise, Vikings wise? Uh, just one last thing on the gophers, not even really on the gophers, but just college football. I think an interesting game to watch will be Gophers versus Maryland. I think that's either the second or third week of the season. And I didn't know this, but Maryland's starting quarterback is Tua Doug Lavoa's younger brother. Oh, really? He transferred to Maryland. Hmm. So he's going to be starting out there, and their head coach is an ex-Alabama coach. Um, so he's either the Maryland coach or the Maryland offensive coordinator. But Gophers will be going up against him week two, week three. And like you said, having no – preseason or a lot of training camp or just practice before the season starts is probably going to impact the most um, with the transfer coming in and taking over that organization as a quarterback. But, I mean, I think he's a good quarterback to play in Alabama. It'll be cool to uh, go against two of his younger brother and maybe a revamp for the Maryland program. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about that and getting ready for the Gophers season uh, in the weeks leading up to it here. We got, let's see, probably about a month, a little over a month until – Big Ten football is back, so we'll keep previewing that, get everything ready to go um, before that October 24th kickoff uh, against Michigan to start this season. We're going to do pick segment um, for this next week. We're going to do that later on. I think we'll release an episode on Friday or Saturday. We're going to interview PFF Dave, Pro Football Focus Dave. Um, He's from Minnesota here. He works for Pro Football Focus, just graduated from Wisconsin. Uh, He's an analyst. Uh, for them so he's going to come on and share some of what he does for pro football focus and give us some insights um, into the Minnesota Vikings hopefully the Gophers a little bit Uh, I don't really know what all he knows but he's a genius so hopefully get some statistical uh, yeah analysis next week or this later this week from Davis Um, we're going to do pick segment then and then we'll maybe do um, Gophers we'll go through the Gophers schedule and try to do uh, season predictions for that as well so we'll do all of that next week. Andy, who was the guy that you sent um, about coming on the show? Do you know that guy? See, what's his name? Cian? Uh, Kean Fagy. He's um, he's Irish and he he's a stats guy. Got into football a couple of years ago, and he does in depth. Um, he started off as quarterback, uh, but now he kind of just gives takes on everything. Uh, go go check him out on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Kean A F C I A N A F. Um, he has a Patreon, and um, I've liked his stuff for a while. So um, now that I have adult money and, you know, I'm living my parents' basement, I thought, oh, it's two bucks a month, um, you know, get get some direct access to him. So, I love it. Um, you going to get him on the show him. for us? Uh, 
uh, I I think so. Um, he's kind of a he better. Um, he he's, better. He's he's a good Twitter follow because 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 he loves to be jackass people that have bad takes. Um, so we'll see. Um, uh, you know, being an Irishman, I'm sure he's been in his share of uh, bar fights and whatnot. But um, I'm gonna reach out to him see if uh, see if we can get him on. Like a lot of my takes, especially on the Vikings, that I haven't watched them that that close to the past two weeks, um, have been off of based off of things that he's written. So, um, really good Twitter follow. He tweets out gifts um, of specific plays, wide receivers, quarterbacks making the right reads, wrong reads right releases, whatnot. Um, so go check them out regardless of whether or, not, whether or not we get him on the show. I love it. I love it. Reach out to him, see if we can get him on. That'd be perfect, too, uh, after we have PFF Dave come on. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that in the next couple weeks. Uh, hopefully the Vikings find a way to turn things around and we have some uh, good playoff baseball to preview for next week. See you guys all then. And day after day I'm more confused And I look for the light in the pouring rain You know it's a game I hate to lose And I'm feeling the strain Oh, ain't it a shame Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Yeah. Beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you To carry me through Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Won't you take me away, No melody can move me And when I'm feeling blue The guitar's coming through to soothe me Thanks for the joy that you've given me I want you to know that I believe in your song Oh yeah Soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away.
Drift away. Don't, don't, don't. Give me the people. Speak my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Don't you take me away.